This podcast is brought to you by Legacy Power. Gain insight from speakers around the country in essential areas of our lives. Each episode will cover various topics on productivity, family and friend relationships, physical and mental well-being, finance, leadership, and overall self-help. Welcome to this week's podcast, Doug. Welcome to the next episode. Mitch, I'm really excited to be with you. I'm super excited about our content for today. Um, I think we're going to get some uh, great stuff out of today's discussion. Yeah, and I, as we have been doing these, it's been good to get the feedback from the from users out there, and the, the audience has been super excited to hear it. But more importantly, I hope this adds value to you. We're going to be talking about atomic habits and just any really any habit for you and your business and your sales organization in your team in your own personal life how can we apply habits to what we do every day right and atomic habits as you mentioned great book uh, what are some other books and things that you pulled from in the past mitch uh, regarding habits i've heard i've read compound effect really good book by hardy um you know and brian tracy talks about one percent every day Yep. You know, for 365 there's days. There's a lot of good content out there, right? Yeah, there's so much content. It's hard to know where to get it. And everybody wants to have good habits. People don't wake up and say, what should I do to create really bad habits, right? That you, you don't, <laughs> yeah. right? That, that, that's silly. So everybody wants it, but it seems like a lot of people struggle to have really good habits. And that's where the breakdown mm-hmm. is. They want to be successful, but h- how do you do it? So I think we'll get into True. some of those theories and philosophies as to how you can actually get a system that works and, and move forward. How much How much is self-deception in that? And, you know, you look at a, a results over time graph, and I think a lot of times we think we're doing something that we're actually not. You know, if you raised, if you had everybody raise your hand in the room and said, if you're a hard worker, how many hands would actually go up? Almost everybody. <laughs> Everybody thinks they're a hard worker, but are they really? So yeah. this is going to yeah. be a fun yeah. fun discussion. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. This is going to be great. Awesome. So one of the concepts that uh, I really liked in the book was one of the first things that you encounter as you start reading the chapters is you do not rise to the levels of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Amen. Is, Such a good quote. What does that mean to you? As I think back over the years of building sales teams, multiple different products uh, all over the country, and primarily the hardest sale, in my opinion, of being commission only. No base salary, no guaranteed compensation, you eat what you kill mentality. So oftentimes it comes up with how do you stay motivated? Doug, you've been doing this for 15 plus years, 20 years, whatever it is. How do you stay motivated? Right. And I like I get this question all the time. It's like, oh, it's hot outside. It's cold outside. I'm knocking doors like this is really hard. But Doug, how you've you've seen success. How how do you stay motivated? And this quote goes right along with it. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. This is about systems and about building a culture and changing who you are, completely changing it. And I think so oftentimes people believe that success comes from being motivated all the time. Doug, you, you pump up. Doug, you give a great speech. You were on stage. You were so motivational. But the reality is that motivation will come and go throughout your life. There will be ups and downs. 
And when you go through the down where you're not feeling quote unquote motivated, that's where discipline comes in. You set a goal, you set a system, you're disciplined to the system, and then you get the results that you want to have because it's not this peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, because you just have this system and it's consistent. And I've found consistency, the definition of success is duration. It's duration. It's it's doing something over a long period of time. You've got to have that system in place that reinforces the results. If the results are there, you'll be motivated and the wheel goes round and round. It's not, hey, I have a big, hairy, audacious goal. Set a really big goal and then naturally I'm just successful because I can set big goals. Yeah. Yeah, I, I look at, you know, everyone that sets goals and at the first of every year, it's this big dramatic like thing. It's a process we all go through is let's set goals, new goals. And although I think that's valuable and in how we go about the first level of execution, which is you got to have something that you're shooting for. Yep. I think people kind of misalign where they use their goal as um, they they overthink and they they miss cue it to where they think that's what's going Mm -hmm. to get them out of bed every morning um the goal is the purpose and the vision of why we do what we do but the actual execution is in the environment that we're in in the habits that we are the the habits that we're executing every day in the follow-up yeah and i would would say the goal is the objective the result that we're hoping to obtain right right We're, we're hoping to get so many sales we're hoping to make so much money we're hoping whatever why the why behind it it better be rooted in something other than money right to be be the best me to impact the world to impact the environment to impact those around me you 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 know to make a difference in society to uh, you know my creator this is a calling for me or i feel a purpose here and there's a deeper why but then how yeah. how are we going to do this and some some examples of the how in business Something we've instituted is we we have an above the line standard like yep. Urban Meyer talks about. What's yep. above the line? What are minimum performance thresholds? And we, we have those and we hold people accountable to them. We have something called monthly business reviews mm-hmm. with all of our different sales groups where we refer to it in our culture as an MBR, a monthly business review. In those monthly business reviews, we talk through how are your goals? What did you actually do? What was your performance to, to your goals, you know, to actuals? You get a variance report on there that talk, shows the variance, both in personal and team production. And then we can talk about why and what's going to change to have better results next month and hit your goal if you were short. And if you overachieved, why? And so we can continue doing those things. Yeah, and it creates reinforcing. A, yes, and it creates a system of coaching, yep. a system of accountability, that has to be there. And I think the same thing, you apply that to business. Don't we need the same things in our personal life? Absolutely. Don't we need that? Isn't that the system of having a coach, a mentor, tracking progress along the way, having yeah. a scorecard like so that we can we can reinforce right. these habits? There's a lot of things that track our habits already. You know, our spending habits, you get credit card statements that view your transactions. We have, you know, uh, Fitbit as tracking right. your calories and your you burned calories in calories out and you know how fast your heart rate is and we have access to all these these data sets that could give us how we are in our streaks how we are in our habits um 
But those aren't the things, those tools aren't the things that get us to create a certain result. But it's sure good to see our performance in those, right? It's good to see what we're doing. Whether it's Fitbit or another tracking or another system or whatever, the important thing isn't if you have something, the importance is that you have a system you buy into and that system drives accountability and drives discipline so that you can do the same behaviors over and over and over and over that are going to be the compound effect, that are good, that are going to develop atomic habits, that there's a system in place that's going to drive you to the next level of performance in your life to become a better version of you, a better version of yourself. And as you do that, you'll be more happy and more, more fulfilled. You'll be more knowledgeable. Then you can add more value to society so you can make more money. It, it, it goes round and round and round in, in circles. Yep, I like that. So a lot of, a lot of the things that I'm hearing is uh, specifically based on what you're doing um, to every day, consistency, mm-hmm. process. What are some systems that you've seen work in sales and in business that other than the MBR where it's monthly, how can we make sure that we're attaining our monthly goals? At, at the daily level? What are some daily systems that you've seen work in the past? Yeah, so any salesperson, there has to be performance management. Right. Performance management, how are you doing compared to what how you want to be doing and what standards are in place? That's like, that's step one, that has to be there. Then a couple of other things when you can gamify it. I've found that, that people buy into to competition. It's so much more fun. So much more fun. Competition. Do hard things. And, you, you know, you talk about it like, hey, I'll bet you that da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Like people, like we're oftentimes wired that way to compete and want to be in an environment that, that's not competition in a negative light where you tear each other down, but it's competition to push yourself beyond what you'd be able to do otherwise. So finding ways to compete inside of it. A weight loss competition, yeah. body fat percentage reduction competition. Um, we hear about these things. Our lives are filled with this stuff, right? But finding something you can buy into to get you going might be, it's an instant burst and it kind of gets you moving in the right direction that hopefully then can become a lifestyle, that that lifestyle, it becomes habitual. That, that habit is formed from doing that so that you don't do the competition yeah. And then you fall off. Yeah. And then so you do another competition and then you fall off. That up and down behavior is not sustainable. It's actually emotionally really, really taxing. But if you need that to get you going, to build the habit, and then you can maintain a higher level, those are the salespeople or in personal life that that are able to do that. Um, I think it's really important and really good to start the, the development of that habit using competition. So... Examples might be for physical fitness, doing doing a body fat loss competition or um, a certain amount of cardio a week or or eating a certain way. All, all those things I think are good, but then building building that lifestyle. In sales, it's the exact same principle of you might do a competition, again, to spur on the activity, and then you can learn, okay, this activity repeated, I've got to maintain this level, and uh, that's where the success comes from. That's really awesome. Successful salespeople or happy salespeople? Absolutely. I've never seen a unhappy person that's making a lot of money that's that's doing their accomplishing their goals. They're feeling success from the rewards that they're getting based yeah. on their inputs. Yeah. They, they're more confident. 
and consistency, right? It's yeah. consistent salespeople or happy people. So. Yeah, cool. I like that. So um, daily habits, systematizing those. I've seen the the most in the book. It talks about the most successful people. Um, they they minimize the things that are distractions. They they basically make them invisible. Mm-hmm. They make it harder for them to do the things that they don't want to do and easier for the things that they want to reinforce and do. And one thing I've, I've noticed, I've, I've been out, I've sold for almost well, 16 years yeah. door to door. Yep. You've been out at the game a lot longer than no, me. Not really. But like, I feel like the hardest part of my job was the first door, which was my car door. Getting out that or whatever, whatever industry you're in, that first call, that first action, that, that movement is tough. Um, what are some things to get you out and start? Just begin. Cause that only is make the, the decision once. I pause there for, for impact. Like, like make the decision one time. Don't make the decision every day if you should get out of the car door or not. Once you've You're got setting a yourself system, up for failure. Yes, because you have to make that decision. Instead of saying, okay, every day I'm going to get out of the car at 11 o'clock. Every day I'm going to the gym at this time. Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's five days a week. What days are they? Okay, the decision is made. So when you wake up in the morning, you know you're going to the gym. You're not making that decision if you're tired or if you were up late the night before or whatever. You're not making it every time. You know you're getting up no matter what. Yeah. The same thing, getting out of the car. I'm making the decision. I'll be out of the car by this time every day. You make it one time and then mm-hmm. you do it. That's your system. And once you built that system and that gets ingrained into you, you we don't have to make that decision every single day because right. you get exhausted doing it. That's make emotionally de- taxing. Yes, make the decision one time and stick to it. It's far easier. You're happier. You're more successful. You don't use yeah. that brain power of making a decision and get decision fatigue. The data, a- the data shows that 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 decision fatigue is real. The data shows like if I'm trying to quit eating sweets, and I'll say I'll try, and I'm presented with you know this brownie with ice cream, all the mode. It's like my favorite. Yeah that you're you're way more likely to eat that if you hadn't already made a decision to say I'm that's it if that ever I know I'm going to encounter this sweet tomorrow night at this party I'm going to decide now that when I'm not emotional when I'm not having those cravings that cue is going to tell me I'm going to want it I'm going to make the decision today and just decide that I'm not decide and have discipline like the no. word discipline what does it mean Giving up momentary pleasure for lasting value. That's the definition of discipline. Giving up momentary pleasure for lasting value. So make a decision and have discipline with it. And and that that is the key that we are all trying and striving. I'm not perfect at it. You're not perfect at it. But in our quest to become the best versions of ourselves, aren't we learning discipline at the core of all of it? And habits our discipline, the two oh, are absolutely. interconnected I and, that. and uh, you know, here we are. I think you see the, the most successful people out there versus the, the ones that think they are, but really aren't. Are, are they really that different or, or do they, 
do they just put themselves in less tempting situations? Like the highly successful people, the book talked about about the the fact that people with high self-control actually put themselves in fewer situations where they have to resist temptation. Yeah, you have to because once you've made the decision, it can be hard. You know, use the ice cream brownie all the moment. Yeah. Put yourself in a situation and in situations when that's not going to come up and then replace your desire for that with something else. The book talks about that too, right? Yeah. Replace it. Yeah. So rather than this, I know if I go somewhere and it's presented to me, I'm going to choose an apple or I'm going to choose something in replace of it so that yeah. you can, that cue can come on and you, you have a replacement already. But it's better to not even be putting yourself in that situation. That's, that's like the highest yeah. level of discipline is avoidance of, yeah. of bad cues, yep. of triggers. Amen. So the environment, it, it sounds like the environment is so critical. We put ourselves into a bad environment. We're going to be cued and triggered into certain setbacks or, or you know, back into bad habits, right? We're going to be, we're going to be replacing uh, those with good habits. We got to put ourselves in situations where we don't have to resist. So what type of environment have you seen, good and bad? What are the ones that provoke really good habits and ones that don't? I think it's a culture question. I come back to culture often, Mitch, as you know, everything yeah. to me is culture, culture by design, not by default. Like you've got to really have culture. And as I think through this, the environment really is the culture. I think the two are almost interchangeable. I think there's a few differences between the two, but that environment is the culture. The environment is how people act with one another. It's the physical location. It's the things on the walls, the posters on the walls, what it yeah. looks like, how it feels. Um, if there's, if it's a really light area, if it's a dark area, that's part of the environment. All of those things are reinforcing the overall culture. And so when I really think about this one and, and digest it, it's really about culture and that environment. It absolutely matters because that reinforces your energy level and your commitment to everything, which ultimately is that quote unquote motivation. So culture is, is everything. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, I've been a part of some really crappy cultures before, but I've also been a part of some really awesome, awesome ones. And what's the difference? You're, I think you go back to that feeling of you all rise to the level of expectation. And what's expected in that culture is just higher. And so you're, you're not able to be in, in that culture, in that good culture, you, you spend less time fighting our natural selves. Our natural selves are, are the least path of, are the path of least resistance, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the law. It's a law that we're naturally fighting against all day, every day, right, Doug, is we naturally want to do the least amount of things possible. But if you're in that culture where it's expected to do a certain thing, you're not having to fight that natural phenomena where it's like your personal heart, your heart of hearts. You don't, you want to, to not let people down. You want to push the status quo. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, reasons to not do that where you're, you're in a good culture. You're not having to fight that all the time. It's like trying to quit smoking. You hanging around smokers or are you hanging around 
That's exactly right. People that aren't, that are expecting themselves at a higher level. And isn't it true that as you have an environment, if you bring new people into an environment, it can quickly change. It can. So part of environment are the people that you're surrounded by. And it's a critical, critical piece that to be around the people that you want to be like. Build a culture where people are attracted that are better than you or that, that, are, that stretch you. Build an environment that attracts those types of people and it will continue to reinforce itself. It's really awesome. There's a guy that we work with and, uh, you know, there's a couple guys that we work with that practice this really well. Um, Ashton, Seth's, the, the people that take emotion out of the habits where they put themselves on a three weeks notice if they want to take a day off. Like these people don't need to do that. They're not employed. They're not salaried. These people are independent contractors like a lot of our audience is. How do we take the emotion out of it like that to where we, if we want to take a day off, it's not emotionally based, it's process based. Planning. What's the system? What's the plan? Make the decision ahead of time. We, I mean, I, I believe it's the same thing. Yep. When am I taking time off? Let's plan it in advance. Yeah. Let's have some freedom and flexibility. What are the targets? What are the goals? What are we going to do? What's the system to get there? Uh, I, I just think it comes back down to that of taking the time to so plan awesome. out how we're going to get to our goals. Totally agree. No matter what it is. What's the system? What's the plan? And then sticking to the plan using that discipline and, again, creating those habits. Incredible. You know, we have this, we have this goal tracker sheet that we, we help um, a lot of our managers on that are falling kind of below par, below standard. It's, it's how we performance manage our business. And um, it's, it's like you said, that MBR is a system in place that's monthly that we can come and report and figure out ways and brainstorm and strategize on how to improve our performances. Um, but it's, it's taking our vision plus the cost of, of living every month and dialing in a daily regimen that will help accomplish those two things. And uh, it's really neat as we go through these with with our managers. It's really fun to see their eyes open and light bulbs go off of how, what they need to do every hour, every day, to accomplish those things. And I think, like Mitch, one of the critical pieces and why it works is actually a book called The One Minute Manager. Yep. It's such a a fabulous yep. read for people learning how to manage. And the main thing is have somebody set a goal and then hold them accountable to that goal. It's their goal, it's not your goal. And you can reprimand or praise them based upon their behavior. Not if, if they're meeting their goal, but what behaviors they're putting into it. Yep. Are they showing up on time? Are they living, are they taking more days off than they should? Those are behavioral things, they're not results. And as you manage and performance manage mm-hmm. the behaviors, now you can drive real results with people but I think oftentimes people totally miss that. And I think that's a core foundation because if you performance manage somebody the wrong way and they think it's just about you, right. it's just about performance, they become a quote unquote a number right? because it's just about your quota or the company's quota or whatever. They feel like a number that creates a bad environment that we talked about, which leads to a bad culture 
which promotes like people being subpar performers as opposed to really understanding there's a it's an art and a science you have to have that law of connection with people where they truly know that you care about them you care about their goals you care about their success you're helping them get their success and as they true feel that that's genuine and it is and you've got a system to help them accomplish their goals now your system and that accountability is because you care and you love and appreciate them take the ball that's the intent they're gonna that's right buy in and Take the best coaches and the best teams. Take uh, Clemson and yep. take Dabo and the, the culture that he's built, the environment that he's built. These kids are going to him because they know Dabo cares. They know that he wants them to succeed and, and get to the NFL or get to the highest level of performance. And he has a system to be able to do that. And the culture promotes them showing up and they're always going to be on time because that's the culture. That's the expectation of the program, the system that's been built every single little thing matters and then somebody coming in they love and revere this guy and this coach and this leader because it's not about Dabo if he's going to keep his job or not yeah right some people right. or it's not if somebody's going to get a commission on you or an override on you or they're going to make or they're going to hit their quota so they get the bonus it doesn't become about that it becomes about everybody we're going to rise together right we're going to win together. We're, we're a team. This is the culture. And as we have that and we build those habits, that's how you build a winning program, a winning sales team, a winning culture, a winning football program. It, it happens through these habits and this culture that, that's built, that's a part of it. Yeah, and, and let me talk to you a little bit about that because um, it seems like these teams have an all-or-nothing mentality, but in the locker room, that's, that's not – really the case I think you know you see like if you really get into the heartbeat of an office or of a team or of a high performing team like that like like Clemson there's high expectations from everybody but there's also um, no one's putting down a zero for the day everyone's doing they have a job to do and even if they have bad days they're still not putting down a zero and I love that about consistency of the highest performance performers is you look at the PGA Tour, a PGA player is not going to have too many bad shots, but they rebound really quickly if they do. You ever seen like three or four really, really bad shots by the same person in a row? I, I, haven't, I haven't really seen that. Like they rebound quickly. They don't put down zeros very often. And if they do it and very rarely do they ever that they are at least doing the bare minimum and their bare minimum is like good still (laughs) compared to most right Mm -hmm. compared to the status quo yeah i mean the the results if your system is good the results will follow right we we know that we've seen that and i think it applies to any any team that could exist whether it's sports whether it's a sales team whether it's a team inside of an organization whatever it might be I love the term high-performing team. Yep. Again, culture, habits, um, breaking it down to discipline, having a system, planning. Like these are the guts of success. With, without them, you don't get success. And really focusing on them, you'll get the results that you want to have. I love that. Doug, That's you've hit on so many things, culture, time and time again. Do you want to talk about how important culture is for, for another time? <laughs> culture is all of it right 
it's it will just, always come back it's, to it. It's like the the blood pumping through the veins of each kind of because the, scenario. The culture reinforces the habits. The culture is how we become great. The culture is how we become the best versions of ourselves. If we're in bad culture, we won't. If we're in great yeah. culture, we can. It, it, That's it, great. It all comes back to that. And the, the foundation of culture are the habits of the group. But aren't the habits of the group what culture really is? The two are so interchangeable yeah. that that's where it all stems from. But but I, I've loved studying habits. I've loved looking at habits in my own life and recrafting what my goals are and creating a plan and a system towards how how I can improve and become the best version of me. And Mitch, I love being around you because you push me, you stretch me, you help me become better. And that's exactly the culture that I want to have and the type of people that, that I want to be around. So I, I just say thank you for allowing me the opportunity to talk about habits and talk about culture and to be able to learn from you, brother. Well, I, bro, it shows because, I mean, you're – and same, same to you to me is you'd be robbing me of becoming my best version of myself if you didn't come to me and tell me some being an asshole every now and then. We got, I mean, you come into my got, office, you're like, step it up here, Mitch, <laughs> come on. No, you don't. But I mean, I, I want that. And I think if you're a true friend and a true someone that loves and understands someone, you're going to get honest feedback from people. And yeah. I would expect that in a good culture. Have to be able to do it. You're going to rob them of success if you don't. Totally agree. Last thought before we close it out is what if I'm in a bad culture, how do I still rise? And uh, maybe you maybe talk about accountability partners in how we do that. So two, two thoughts. Number one, uh, there's this guy named Lincoln, pretty important person who freed the slaves. We're, we're not slaves. No, nobody's, no, right. nobody's a slave. If you are in a bad culture, you still have choice. You still have your agency. You still have choice. You still set your habits. You set your work ethic. You, you are in control of your attitude. You focus on the things that you can control and that you can focus on. And that is the single most freeing mentality when people get out of victimhood. I can't be successful because I'm in a bad environment. That's not extreme ownership. Right. That's not accountability. That's being a victim of circumstances. You chose to be in the situation that you're in either because of a direct choice you made or a choice that you made beforehand. Yeah. We Period. We work where we want to work because we choose it. We go where we want to go because we choose it. We have relationships with the people we want to have relationships because we choose it. Once we learn that life is a choice... Life is a choice. It's a series of choices. Once we come into grips with that, man, everything else falls into place. So if you're in a bad environment and you can't be successful because of the environment, look back inward, create the systems and accountability that you need to be successful, and you still can be. Or remove yourself from the culture. Yeah, because if we're doing something that isn't giving us the approval, respect, praise, um, those types of things from that culture. When we're trying our best and we're still just not getting it, we're not getting that reciprocation, that's tough. That's tough. And so you obviously we want to work with people that are that are like-minded, 
that are common, that share common values or goals, do we just leave and get out or do we uh, fight it and swim upstream and try to create our own culture within that? I think you'll you'll know when you're in it what you need to do. Sometimes it is leaving the situation that you're in and sometimes it's reshaping it. Yep. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you can find a like-minded person inside of it and have an accountability buddy. Start and, small. And start there. And, and, yeah. and hopefully that will continue to grow and grow and grow and, and you can reshape the culture. I believe we have far more control than oftentimes what we believe that we have in our lives. We have Agreed. far more impact that we can give to even a bad situation if we choose it. And I believe that, Mitch, I believe people are well-intentioned for the most part. I don't think people wake up and say, how can I make this person's life bad? Yeah. I don't think like the majority of listeners or people out there or most bosses wake up. How can I be a really terrible boss today? <laughs> I, I, I don't think like that's how we're wired. I think that those things happen and we can influence them if we can learn to communicate effectively, clearly, get away from being passive aggressive. And we can really focus on, on getting back to the principles and to our habits. Last bonus question, Doug. If Kobe Bryant was your boss and you had to report to him every day, what would life be like? Number one, God bless Kobe and his family. Man, what an impact this guy has have. You talk about a legacy, leaving a legacy. My company's Incredible. legacy power. Yeah. This guy left a legacy. This guy is legendary. This guy uh, impacted the world um, in a pretty profound way. So it hurt. my heart and prayers go out to him. Um, and I get back to the Mamba mentality. The Mamba mentality was a winning mentality. It was a culture of winning. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. It was a culture of winning. And that winning culture came from work ethic at its most simple form. I, you know, Will, Will Smith says, if you, you and me get on a treadmill, either one of two things are going to happen. Either you're going to, either I'm going to die or you're getting off first. It, it's yeah. like just this. Relentless. He decided. He decided. Like he's going to outwork. It's not his. It's his ridiculous, sickening work ethic. End quote. Uh, and, and I think that goes back to the Mamba mentality and to Kobe, that that's really the legacy that he wanted to leave on the world is that you can work for your success, and you get out what you put into something, and that you need to compete at the highest level that you possibly can day in and day out and by doing so that that leads to true joy knowing that you left it all in the field that's what i that's what i took from from kobe that's really cool it reminds me of uh iron cowboy i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to his podcast if you if you haven't listened to the iron cowboy it is incredible one of the things he kept saying was there is no limit to the soul what the soul the spirit and the soul are in a, spirit and body are intertwined and and combined into what's the soul, right? But he said this: there is no limit to what the soul can achieve. And um, I think of his his thirtieth Ironman when he had wrecked, he had fallen asleep. Do you remember that when mm -hmm. he said the switch went off, where his mind became in charge finally, and his body submitted. Whereas whereas a daughter said, "Well, can you can you cartwheel?" cross the finish line <laughs> so awesome <laughs> and 
you know, you have these reasons why you do certain things, you know, for your family, for your freedoms, for, uh, for yourself, to prove to yourself. But I think there is really no limit, and I believe that, and it was really cool to hear it, that there really is no limit to what the Spirit can achieve. And we place limits, we place barriers, we place obstacles, and self-destruct all the time. And when our body finally submits to our mind and what our mind can achieve, there is no limit. It's really cool. Mitch, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I agree wholeheartedly. You brought up some real gems. Um, I'm a better version of me because of this opportunity and uh, super grateful that we could be here with our, our listeners.